What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Dr. Michael Falk, and I'll be hosting this episode today, and I'm joined by Sam Price. Sam is a local basketball player and coach that shares her story recovering from both an Achilles injury and an ACL injury and her return to her sport. If you're an athlete recovering from an injury or provider that works with athletes, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. Today I'm joined by Sam Price. Sam is a local basketball player and coach. She played collegially and in a professional women's basketball league in the area. And she has worked in, in coaching as both a skill coach and a high school coach at Brookfield Central. However, unfortunately, I don't know Sam just through shared basketball clients, but I know Sam as a client that did a rehab with us at Kinetic, where she has recovered from both an Achilles injury and an ACL tear. Sam, thanks for coming on, and I always love the opportunity to catch up with you. Thanks for having me. So to get started, I always like to just ask like, for a little bit of background. Could you give um, our listeners a little bit more information about your background as a player and what you're doing as a coach now? I started my collegiate career over at Kent State University. It's a D1 over in Ohio. I took that as a freshman redshirt, and then I ended up transferring to St. Cloud State, where I played all four years. Had a pretty successful career there, breaking some records and setting some records. And then bounced around a couple cities playing a little bit of professional ball and then ended up in Milwaukee where I've been coaching high school ball. This is my third year now, starting at the freshman level and now up at the varsity assistant job. That's excellent. It's uh, actually a really small world that um, Lauren and I, one of my Lauren and my good friends is Caitlin Kelly, who is one of the athletic trainers, um, or student athletic trainers, or athletic trainers for you at uh, St. Cloud State. So every time you show up on our Instagram, she always like messages us and is like, that's so funny that you guys work with Sam. Basketball is such a small world. <laughs> I know. All right, so unfortunately, we can't talk about your basketball career without talking about injuries. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd love to dive into your story a little bit because I think it's something that a lot of athletes that are currently going through injuries would be able to relate to and, and learn from your approach to, to handling these. Um, so you started off with an Achilles injury. What happened with that? Uh, it was the fourth game of the season, and I was having a great start off. Uh, just named player of the week previously of the conference so I was feeling good this game body felt great Um, I played maybe five minutes of the first quarter and I was on the weak side my teammate got the steal and I split my feet to take off running and I just instantly went down screaming yelling like you can hear it on the film it's gives me goosebumps every time I watch it yeah but my teammate ended up carrying me off and I told the trainer I was like just take me up put me back in there she was like, let's ice it first, calm it down, and then see. Because she obviously knew the reality of the injury. And then uh, she had me stand on it, and it just felt like jello from my knee down. Like, there was absolutely no way I could play on that. Yeah. It's uh, that little move, it's kind of like similar to how Kevin Durant tore his. And I remember it was so hard to get you to do that simple little <laughs> movement as you were coming back from the rehab because there's just, you know, the, like, Every time you did it, you're like, you know that's how I tore it. Yes, <laughs> you want me to time. do that? And I'm like, yeah, we need yeah. to. You had me, well, I had my hands against the wall, and I was working on splitting my feet, like switching my legs. <laughs> and every time I was like, Mike, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to do it again. 
just start slow and build it up. But yeah, I think it's a good lesson though. I mean, there's, there's, we can never, there's a lot of anxiety, like injuries are more complex than just, you know, injured tissue, let tissue heal, go back and play. Like there's a lot of these other things. And, and like you said, there's, you just have to pick a starting point and gradually progress and gain confidence and like start trusting that, that injury again. Yeah, it took me a long time to be able to do it between the legs because it's that same split of the feet motion. I started yeah. to hate that move. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, other than just that, what was the like? What was the rehab process like overall for your Achilles? Um, like, maybe what was the hardest part, or or one of the more exciting moments during that recovery? Uh, I think the hardest part was adjusting to a one foot lifestyle because. I'm in a cast. I don't know what the incision looks like. I'm in so much pain no matter how I put it. Once I get the cast off, I see this six inch incision with 18 stitches and it blew my mind how big it was, but then it made sense why I was in so much pain. Uh, But then, I mean, I couldn't do normal household things like carrying things. I was always on crutches. I couldn't carry things from the kitchen to the living room or going up and down the stairs to do laundry. So I wasn't able to do laundry for like two weeks. Or grocery shopping I had to be very mindful of what I bought because I could only carry so much it's just a whole different lifestyle but you become so much great uh, more grateful about those little things yeah things you used to take for granted you're like yeah. like the first week of PT I remember my therapist over at the hospital he said just work on curling your toes and that was the hardest thing ever <laughs> like I would try to like connect with my big toe to get it down but you could tell like there's a disconnect between your mind and your body and then my other toes would just twitch like <laughs> had to do that for five weeks until i finally got it like it's mind-blowing yeah just the the simplest things are so difficult mm-hmm. what was some of like the more exciting moments throughout that achilles rehab uh, i think the first big monument was being able to put two shoes on <laughs> like yeah i was in a boot for i don't even remember how long like it took forever, and then I was finally walking, and I was walking so gingerly, but I was so excited just to be out of the boot. No crutches, I could finally walk on my own two feet. And then the other big moment is probably just stepping on the court again. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I mentally I just crushed the Achilles injury. It was my first big one of my career, and I was studying Kobe's recovery, so it really helped the mental aspect because he's a brainiac. And stepping on the court, like I wasn't nervous at all. I was more excited than anything. Yeah, those are, those are those moments are hard to beat, both for the player and you know we if we can ever make it, we love to try to be there for people that as they start playing again because it's just a really cool, cool thing to see to get to see somebody get back to doing the thing that they love so much and has been taken away from them for you know a long period of time. Definitely. So unfortunately. <laughs> I wish that we could uh, stop talking about your injury story at this point and just go on to talking more about basketball. Um, but you know, you've been uh, you'd come back, like you said, you've been on the court, you've been playing pickup and kind of local um, some local leagues and open runs, working on your game, um, and then first practice with your new team, you were walking through a demonstration and you felt a pop in your knee. So what uh, what happened there? Uh, I mean, first of all, I wasn't even supposed to be at practice that night. I was supposed to be out of town. So it kills me that I actually did end up going to practice. But it was the first drill of the day, and I literally was walking, maybe a slow jog from the three-point line to the block, took two dribbles, jump stopped, absolutely no contact. And I felt like 
legit felt something tear on the inside. And I instantly went down again, screaming, holding it, telling my coach, like, I just tore my ACL. Like, in my mind, like, I don't know what it was like to tear an ACL, but nothing could hurt that bad. Like, it had to be the ACL. Yeah. And then, I mean, they, it took a while for me to actually get off the floor. They had me sit in a chair, but I got nauseous. I think it was more anxiety because I had just torn my Achilles nine months earlier. Uh, so I had to go back to the ground. They carried me off, went to this couch. And I remember I had to tell them, I was like, I need to talk to my mom. Like, I have to call my mom. And I ended up calling her, and I was like, Mom, and I just instantly started bawling. I was like, I could not talk to her. So I handed my phone to the coach. I was like, talk to her, because I can't. And of course, it's April Fool's Day, out of all days. So I ended up telling my mom, I was like, Mom, I tore my ACL. She was like, Sam, this is the cruelest April Fool's joke ever. I was like, I'm, I'm serious, Mom. And it was just dead silent. Like, yeah. nobody knew what to say. Yeah, I think you called me right after I that. And then I ended up calling you. <laughs> yeah, I think I was at dinner and I was like, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is the worst phone call I could have received. <laughs> yeah. So what was, like, obviously there's the initial injury. So, you know, you did end up getting it worked up. You did tear ACL. You had a meniscus injury as well. Um, what was the emotion like kind of as you'd gotten that news and were staring down another surgery, another long rehab, like mentally, how did you, what were your emotions like and how did you handle that adversity? Uh, and I mean, initially it was tough because I had to wait a week even just to get the MRI. So just the unknown just floating there. It's like I, I knew it, but it wasn't confirmed. And then when I got the call from my surgeon to give me the results at first he's like there is an ACL tear there might be a meniscus but it doesn't show it so he gave me like two options like you might be on crutches for less than two weeks you might be on crutches for six weeks but we won't know till surgery so again with the unknown it was just it was tough to handle like I was mad at the world like I just went through this long grueling painful injury with my Achilles and now I have to do it again. And I'm, I mean, I've never torn an ACL, but I knew that it was a long process, longer than an Achilles. So in my head, is like, I can't play basketball now for another year. Like, and I knew, I mean, physical therapy, no offense, but I hate it. Like, it's so tedious and there's, you never know what's going to happen the next day or how your body's going to react. So it's, I became big enemies with the unknown. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, a grueling... Uh it's a grueling process, and I mean, I, after you got the news, we kind of talked, and you know, part of you is, I remember you were like, okay, I did this with the Achilles, like I can, you know, that rehab process wasn't that bad, like I can do this, and you know, from day one, I kind of mentally started preparing you for like, this is a different animal, like you know, the ACL, in my opinion, is is a little bit more of a challenging rehab than your Achilles. Um, from from our experience and that like you know you gotta take this time and like really mentally get ready for you know what's coming up yeah I mean people ask me too now they're like well would you rather tear your Achilles again or your ACL of course my first response is neither (laughs) I don't want to go through this again but I would definitely choose Achilles because ACL is crazy like the pain your body goes through the muscle atrophy like I lost all my muscle that I just worked for in my Achilles. Like I worked hard for that calf muscle. It <laughs> yeah. disappeared in like three, four weeks. Yep. And I just was left with a twig leg. And 
the self-esteem issues that come with that like never as an athlete having body issues and now I just look lopsided it was <laughs> tough mentally for sure yeah so what were some I mean what from your perspective like going through it because obviously as a clinician we have certain things that we know are different about the two but what was like the biggest difference that you felt or noticed going through the Achilles rehab and the ACL rehab uh, the Achilles was very painful early on. Um, I mean, from the initial incision and then learning how to walk, like not having that calf muscle was tough. But the ACL was longer. And with my Achilles, I never really had a setback or a down spell. It was always uphill. With my ACL, it was a constant roller coaster, some good days, some bad days. And just learning how to deal with the bad days, knowing that this isn't setting you back. You're just listening to your body, letting it recover, and then going back the next day and improving some more. So yeah. just the duration is crazy. Yeah. So what what was, um, like, what's something that you, going through, because I think one of the interesting things about ACL rehab, you get it, I think, a little bit during the Achilles, but especially with the ACL, like, you learn a ton about your body, like, going through it, and, like, whether it's training or exercise technique or just things that you didn't think were important and how you've learned is important. Like, was there a big takeaway or something that you really learned going through that ACL rehab process? I'd say the ACL is definitely eye-opening as far as listening to your body and learning your body. Like, your body legit tells you when to rest, and it tells you when you can go harder. So learning what the difference was and then actually listening to my body and giving it that time it needed. Yeah. But during PT... Like, you have to, like, the form of everything, like, making sure your knee's not going out or it's over your toes and bending your knee and not at your hip. Like, all the little things that you didn't have to think about before, now you have to retrain your body to do it the right way. It's tedious, but I enjoyed it because it was a daily challenge. Yeah. I think that can be really important, as you mentioned, like, how long it is, like, setting those small goals because... You know, from day one, when you're, especially with your injury, like non-weight bearing, on crutches, can't move, bend your knee, it's like, yes, the ultimate goal is to get back on the court, but if that's the only goal you have, like, it's going to feel really hopeless for a very long time, like setting those little milestones of, okay, can we bend your knee a certain amount? Can you do this single-leg squat with that good technique? Like setting those little little successes and step points, um, stepping points throughout the process and it can really help keep you mentally engaged throughout it yeah I mean I definitely learned the importance of setting daily goals and not looking too far in advance because you don't know what's going to happen the next week or whatever so having expectations was just not possible I mean it started with me learning how to crutch and hold things at the same time like just being able to do that was a huge accomplishment in my eyes or being able to shower on one leg and not putting the other leg down just little things like daily goals it was huge in my progress yeah absolutely so one of the things that i am most proud of you going through this rehab was despite the fact that you'd been rehabbing for a long time um you were patient and you trusted our process with how we approached this um, rehab and how we really base when you go back on um, objective measurements and not just a timeline so it, it ended up taking you for the ACL like uh, almost 18 months um, for us to clear you to play again 
How frustrating was that delay? Um, I mean, very, because then you have your surgeon telling you at that nine-month mark just the false hope, like, yep, go ahead and play, but knowing from you guys sharing the knowledge that if you go at nine months, you're likely to re-tear. So knowing that I have to be patient and patient and waiting for our strength tests to actually show me that my body is ready. But it was nice having you, Lauren, and Brett, three therapists that I completely trusted with my body. You guys crushed it with my Achilles, so it was easy to trust you guys to get me through the ACL, no matter if it was a good day or a bad day. I mean, I knew you guys were doing your research and continually trying to find new ways to help me and push me, so that made the process a little bit easier. Yeah, and I think it's it's hard because, like what you just said, it, you know, a lot of times the doctor does say that you can go back at a certain time without having some of that objective information and you know we our process is based on the best current evidence but it's not always like popular like it's not what you want to (laughs) hear like if that makes sense and um i think from a pt's perspective like we always want to be like generally people pleasers like you know you want to you want so badly for someone to get back on the court you want so badly to like just say like yeah it's probably okay um but really from day one with you i was honest that like it was going to take a while because you'd been out before this you'd had all these problems now you had you had a much more significant injury than just like a standard acl tear and it was going to take time that you needed to stay the course and it's not who gets back first but it's who can stay there the longest that is more important I think that was the eye-opener. Do I choose to be patient and trust and wait and wait, or do I take the risk and hop on the court and chance to re-tear? In my head, it was an easy decision. Like I definitely did not want to go through another injury process, so I would take as long as it needed to get back on the court. I mean, 18 months is a long time, but it was well worth it because I feel way more confident in my body than I did at the nine-month mark. Yeah. No, and it, I think just as a, a medical system in general, like, we need to stop telling ACL patients that, yes. like, oh, it's six to nine months. Like, we jokingly say, like, it's nine to 12, and realistically, I'm relatively confident you're going to play again by 24 months, you know? But it it takes time, and we need to – everybody's different. We can't – I can't look at you on day one post-op and say, like, oh, your rehab's going to be – nine months and yours is going to be 12 months like bodies are different human beings are different how people respond to stuff are different and we just have to you know trust like try to use something other than hopes and dreams of like well i hope they can play at this point and actually have some objective data to guide these decisions and i was excited for you to share your story because i hope any other high school athletes things like that that are listening to this you know that you can hear that yes you know, on Sports Center, you might hear that professional player that goes back in six or seven months, but there's other high-level players that do wait and are patient, and it does take time, and it's okay if your rehab takes longer than someone else's. I mean, I think before ACL, I didn't know anything about it, so I started to do my research and reading articles that you post and learning that, I mean, your graph continues to grow stronger and stronger up to two years. So at the nine-month mark, like, it's still weak, so there's no need to rush that. Yeah, absolutely. So, unfortunately, COVID has shut down every tournament and league that you are going to play in at this point. Um, But I know that you've been 
you know, back on the court playing, working on your game. Um, so we you know you haven't gotten the chance to actually go and play in a live action game, but can you still describe like that feeling of getting back on the court for the first time, getting to do the, the thing that you love again? It was three days before my 30th birthday. I finally was able to be strong enough to get on the court and play some pickup with girls of the team that I was going to be playing for. And I swear it was the best birthday present ever. Like at first, it took a good like game or two to actually be mentally ready because I was nervous. Obviously, like who knows what's gonna happen. So I took it slow the first couple games, and as my body warmed up, I felt stronger and stronger. And by the end of it, I had a big old smile on my face. Like I finally did it. Like all that waiting, the 18 months finally paid off. Yeah. No, I know it's a. Uh, um, it's a. Uh... I have never gone through it personally because I'm a pretty average athlete, so I, was, <laughs> I was, you know, didn't get a chance to play beyond uh, uh, high school. But um, getting to work with people that that and getting just to see the joy on people's face when it does go, and like, you know, we know how hard you work to get there, and I think it and what you lost during that time away that like makes you appreciate something that you used to take for granted and it's just really always fun to see and fun to hear those stories and um get to share sharing that with you yeah i remember i was blowing your phone up with videos <laughs> from the pickup games i was like look at this look at this i pushed off my surgical leg <laughs> yeah no but it, it does it takes time and like that confidence that you talked about of the, that nerves and and there's something that we really harped on with you like you know, we don't ever want somebody to go back into a competitive professional tournament as your first time on the court. Like, we want you to be able to go practice. We want you to be able to go and play pickup, to go and test it out in a friendly environment with people that you know and trust that aren't going to, like, undercut you going for a drive, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. And it um, Because that's how you build that confidence. That how, that's how you restore your trust in that leg, and that's how your leg, like, finishes the rehab. Like, no matter what we do in here, it still isn't what you do on the court, and we still we can get we can get as close as possible to approximating the stresses but it you know it's still not the same like brett and i will try to do offensive moves and make you slide and, and do stuff like that but we're pretty you know slow and i don't want to speak for brett he's he's probably faster than me but like okay if i'm beating you that's a pretty big problem if you want to go play at a high level um and so just that that next transition getting out of the gym getting out of just doing agility drills and actually playing is so important. Yeah, I think that helped me most mentally because I remember during the Achilles, you and I were doing a mirror <laughs> defensive drill and I had to shadow you and I couldn't even keep up. And in my head, I was like, man, like, how am I supposed to keep up with these professional athletes? I can't keep up with Mike. Yes. Yeah. No, no offense taken. Yeah. yeah no offense, no offense. <laughs> and then with ACL, Brett's over here trying to sprint and race with me. I was like, okay, like, this is going to be fun. Let's go, Brett. And like, he would get me a couple times, but then I would get him a couple times. So, it was just nice because you guys simulated the sprinting or the single leg jumping or the defensive shuffles, the closeouts, everything that I would do in a game. So when I came to the game, I was more confident in those moves because I've already done them in therapy. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, that's what our, like, I don't, as best as possible, we want to try to have it where, like, you should feel like I've, I've done everything that I do on the court before I actually go to the court. And, yeah, it's not the same because you're, you're not reacting to another player. You're not thinking about your defensive assignments. You're not thinking about the offensive play that you're running. It's still a very relatively controlled environment. But, like, if all you're doing before you go back on a court is, like, a single-leg squat and, like, two-legged jumping, like, that's just not going to prepare you and set you up for success. 
Yeah, I remember there was one clip I sent you. I did a floater and I jumped off my surgical leg and in the moment I had no idea because jumping off my single leg was the biggest challenge because, I mean, my calf was gone from my Achilles, my quad was gone from my ACL. So working back from all that atrophy and then finally seeing me do it unconsciously, like, yeah, it was a big moment for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And those little wins over time are what, like, stacks up and, mm-hmm. and makes you confident in it in the long run. All right. I can't let you out of here with at least talking a little bit about basketball and your experience as a coach because I know you um, have a, a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, a lot to share on this. So we'll have to do another podcast at some point, just not talking about your injuries, just talking about <laughs> basketball and player development. Um, but I think what's interesting about you is you have experience both on like the individual skill development side and then also as a team coach, both with like an AAU program and at the high school level. So what do you see as the difference between um, a skill coach and like just a team coach? Uh, I mean, with the skills, you see all these individual players from all these different schools, but you maybe see them once a week, twice a week for their workouts. And that's cool. And then like you can go watch them here and there in the games and you can see them doing little moves or I'll get a text message from a player like, hey, I just hit this spin move and I finished. And like, so those little moments are exciting because you know the work you're paying off is paying off with the individual players. But then as a team coach, you see the same kids five, six days a week. So you're seeing their growth every single day. And I can still implement the skills into the workout or into practice. So it's almost like a, a double hitter being a team coach versus just the skills. But I, I mean, I just like seeing the kids grow because as a high school player for myself, I had a trainer my junior year of high school, and that's when I really fell in love with the game because I finally saw myself improving, and that was probably the happiest ever. Like, I used to suck at shooting, and now I became a shooter. So just seeing that growth in a player nowadays, like I'm glad I can be that for them. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's great, and I think it'd be awesome to have you on again and talk about that, especially because. You know, your role has primarily been on um, the ladies' side, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's so much, like, just having girls have, like, really positive role models in the athletic space, and um, I think there's a lot that we could uh, dive into, so. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I didn't have my first female coach until I got to my second college. Yeah. So going from high school, AAU, my first college, like, it was all a male field. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be that female role model for these young kids that something that I never had yeah and uh we you know it seems like hopefully here in the next year or so we're gonna have uh hopefully our first female coach in the NBA with uh Becky Hammond yeah, just getting, awesome. getting close and uh it'll be an exciting day for for everyone to get to see that definitely all right we always end with like a quick little lightning round um just to help people get to know you better um so favorite NBA player Retired or <laughs> I know I know who it is. So <laughs> retired, Wade. yeah. Dwayne Wade, one hundred percent. So what what led to the Dwayne Wade, uh, um, you know, fandom? Uh, well, I actually started with Allen Iverson. I just loved his style of game because I was a driver in high school and Iverson's a driver, so we meshed there. I used to get my hair braided the same as Iverson. I wore number three just like him, so I really enjoyed his game and then Dwayne Wade came along and he just happened to be number three and his it was his humbleness that got me like he would show up on the floor but he didn't have an attitude about it he wasn't cocky about it like it's like he's done it before he was very 
mature in his playing. So I appreciated that. Yeah. As a Marquette grad, that's uh, why we can be friends, too, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Favorite, uh, favorite basketball shoe? Uh, probably the ones I have now. They're the Jordan Why Not 0.3s. They're super, super comfortable. Uh, but it's a tough call because the Paul George 4s with the little zipper have a lot of cushion on my Achilles. So. Yeah. The Paul I George's, just like the cushion. Yeah. <laughs> the Paul George has been a popular, like most of the pro basketball guys that we've worked with, um, and higher level college players like everybody loves the Paul Georges and what's been interesting for me is it's been like a variety of positions like yeah. big guys little guys which usually you don't see them like the same shoe so um, I have not personally worn them but that's <laughs> that's the one that comes up quite a bit yeah a lot of I mean I tried to get our high school team to get those but they didn't like the zipper on it I was like, well, the zipper's a minor thing. Like, you see how much cushion is in this shoe? <laughs> and, of course, I'm the one that likes the neon colors, so I went and got some Gatorade colorway. But. Nice. Um, okay, without giving away all your secrets, what's your, uh, what's your go-to move on the basketball court? Besides shoe- shooting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the step backs. Okay. Definitely step backs or Euro steps if I'm driving, but... I'm a shooter, so I just like to shoot those threes. <laughs> All right, there we go. All right, Sam, I really appreciate the time today and for your willingness to share your story. Um, I really think anybody that's going through a significant rehab right now can learn a lot from this and just your um, you know, determination, your patience, your the way that you handled the mindset, and I hope that people are kind of take that away from this. Um, you know, we're, we were joking the other day that now – Clay Thompson has the reverse Sam Price, where he went he went uh, ACL to uh, Achilles, and you went Achilles to ACL, and uh, um, you know these things happen to to people of whether you're a high school player, whether you're a college player, and even if you're one of the best athletes in the world like Clay Thompson. And I just think the the story and just knowing that you're not alone going through this is is really important. Um, I think the biggest thing to take away is any injury or adversity. You just gotta think one day at a time can't look ahead because you don't know what's going to be out there so just accomplish today and then look forward to doing the same thing tomorrow yeah no absolutely so where where can our listeners learn more about you kind of follow along with what you're doing uh over on instagram sam price hoops three it's where i'm posting a lot of stuff on my story my page about my recovery and now coaching some more so perfect we will uh, get that into the show notes so people can head over there and give you a follow Um, Sam, thank you again so much, and thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, everyone. Dr. Michael here again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to that episode with Sam, and I hope you took a lot away. If you'd like to learn more, I just wanted to let you know that we're hosting an ACL rehabilitation webinar on January 23rd, at 10 a.m. This webinar is titled Mastering the Basics, the Keys to Success in the First Third of Your ACL Rehab. This is going to go into detail on how we approach ACL rehab and hopefully give practical tips that can help you in your recovery. If you want to learn more, head to our Instagram at kinetic, K-I-N-E-T-I-C underscore S-M-P, and the link in our bio will have a uh, link to register for that webinar. It's completely free. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about ACL rehab, head over there and sign up.